those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the Pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry-free. Good news. Manscaped has just launched in Australia, and they've come on board inside supercars. Now, we've gone years without the right tool for the job, and you now can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products in Australia. I don't know about you, Tony. I remember when I was an apprentice and one of their tradesmen was telling us about a time when uh, he was in the Navy and they were getting ready for shore leave and his colleague decided to do a bit of manscaping with the old razor blade as it was back then and uh, probably was going all right but you never know with those sorts of jobs. He said he uh, he thought he'd get himself ready for the shore leave, went with a bit of the old aftershave on the chin and thought he'd finish the job downstairs. He was in that much pain he didn't make shore leave and it was about a three-month journey until he was going to get off the boat again. He was in that much pain. And one thing about Manscaped is that they have a whole range of products that are made for the job. You can use the crop mop to get it all cleaned up. You can use the uh, crop cleanser for the hair and body wash. You've even got a foot duster and the refined cologne. They've got not only the right tool for the job, Tony, but they also have the right products for finishing the job off. Indeed, and you certainly don't need to look to Manscaped to be uh, having shore leave in order to use it. Any opportunity... Any moment, any excuse, weekday, weekend, doesn't matter which. But Manscaped will solve the problems that you may be having Mm. and want to make sure that you are running clean and free. And I know one of the great things that Manscaped are doing, and I'm I'm sure people like Tom Randall would be pleased to hear, Manscaped are donating profits, some of the profits, towards testicular cancer. So that's one of the great things about uh, being involved with Manscaped and getting your Manscaped product. You're also going to help the uh, work being done to try and uh, help blokes, other blokes, going through the particular cancer treatments. So that's a, a great thing that Manscaped are on board with. Now, Manscaped being involved in Inside Supercars, they've got a great offer for us, Tony. 20% off and free shipping on the products just using the code InsideSC. So you go to manscaped.com. And you get 20% off if you list this program. And uh, as we always say, it takes a lot of balls to race cars and it takes even more balls to talk about them here on Inside Supercars. Uh, Make sure you go to Manscaped and get your 20% off and free shipping. It's certainly a worthwhile product and worthwhile to do with Manscaped. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're joined by a couple of stalwarts of motorsport coverage in Australia, that being Peter Norton of Supercar Extra. Happy to have you on board, Peter. Uh, It's great to be uh, back on the program. Terrific. And joining us, uh, Conor O'Brien, who has been on the program, I believe, sometime in the past. 
now as editor of speedcafe.com, previously a News 4 journalist, and then of uh, late of Supercar, the website. Welcome, Connor. Thanks, uh, yeah, thank, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. And Craig Vell and Tony Wedlock, as usual, the stalwarts of this particular show. An interesting weekend of racing and uh, probably one of the more interesting developments in recent times. Craig, you're fully across what supercars have come out and said about Gen 3 today. Yes, we're recording this on Tuesday. And as we have gone to air, supercars sent out a statement regarding Gen 3. And Supercars met today to discuss the implementation timetable for the Gen 3 supercar, which has been subject to significant speculation already. And the outcome of the session was to continue working towards 2022 implementation. And we will continue to regular reviews in the coming months. So that means, Connor, we're going to keep going. And if it's not going to work out, we can always cancel it later. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, obviously, the 2022 has been the, the time frame that has long been uh, mooted. I think since about sort of September or October 2019, they, they kind of said, all right, we're not doing 2021, we're doing 2022. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, um, that has been been the, the plan. Uh, there has been a bit of uh, bit of uh, talk around maybe, you know, do we have to push it back a year because, uh, you know, the, the timelines been deemed to be getting a bit tight and all that sort of stuff but yeah of course um it sounds like uh supercars have met with the teams today and uh everyone has sort of agreed to push on for, for the time being and try and get the uh the camaro and the and the new look mustang out next year certainly an interesting predicament that uh, they found themselves in i was fascinated to be one of the people who's been chiefly responsible for a lot of the parity in the category in craig hasted um, was uh, told, I suppose, to uh, stay at home and keep working on uh, Gen 3. So he wasn't at Salem Ben, which he's been at for many, many years. He's been uh, up and down pit lane and uh, been everywhere on every part of the uh, business, particularly involving the engine. So him being told to stay home was an indication that we're working on. So it was no surprise the statement came for me. It was no surprise. Peter, did you pick up any rumours up and down pit lane? Uh, didn't pick up any rumours, but I did find this statement quite fascinating. Um, if you read between the lines, um, well, actually there is only two lines, uh, so it uh, leaves you a lot of space in between to, to read between those two lines. Um, it's clearly uh, clearly troubled. Uh, clearly the, the meeting was uh, a bit controversial because uh, it's only two lines long. Uh, they say, please attribute to a supercar spokesperson. So they don't even have anyone that's brave enough to put their name to it. Um, yeah, you'd think if they had a, a positive story to tell, they'd actually have a little bit more to say. Um, so I think that this is a story that won't go away in a hurry, uh, but we will look forward to the uh, regular reviews in the coming months, won't we? Indeed, Connor, have you got any other, we obviously read uh, the stories that come on Speed Cafe, but any uh, anything's unpublished as yet? Oh, look, I just think that um, I think almost regardless of what actually happened in the meeting, Supercars had to come out with some sort of statement to kind of give a bit of confidence uh, to the fans because obviously, uh, yeah, there's been certainly a lot of question marks around Gen 3. Um, and, yeah, I, I was just going to touch on with Craig. I mean, um, it, it, Hastead, uh, yeah, 
like an engine, the engine sort of is a big topic when it comes to Gen 3. So, um, yeah, of course, it sounds like there's all, uh, all hands on deck there uh, trying to work out what, what the way forward is with that, how they'll parasite engines, all this sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, so, um, but, yeah, at the moment, it's sort of uh, everyone's been a bit quiet about it and, you know, uh, there's not, not a lot of uh, talk come out of, uh, out of the meeting. I feel everyone's sort of just going to play their cards close to their chest now. And, uh, but, yeah, we'll, uh, I guess we'll see in days and weeks to come uh, what sort of everyone's position is going forward. You know, I approached uh, Adrian Burgess. Uh, and, and Shane Howard, who both separately sort of asked, what do you want to talk about? Because I had a moment I know they came to the point of, I don't want to talk about Gen 3 if you want to talk about anything else. And as I said, I did want to talk to them about 2020 and how how they the, the crew of uh, supercars had come through it. With Shane, I was wanting to talk, and I will at uh, Winton, about uh, the uh, departure of John Casey. Now, John Casey is a man who has been in and out of supercars several times. He, at one stage, was with the Seven Network, and um, he is far more known as a commercial manager um, in operations than he did in anything technical. So while he was uh, given the task of uh, manhandling and managing the uh, Gen 3 project, it's not his natural operating field. So I was interested in his uh, the change in stature for him. Uh, did you get any more on that, Connor, from the, apart from the, the release of uh, that information? Uh, is that in re- relate, relation to uh, – well, I guess, like, so with, with John, I mean, yeah, so he had come back uh, from, I believe, a stint at Foxtel and uh, spearheaded the Gen 3 program for uh, – I think about 18 months or so and uh, yeah and then it sort of came to light uh, not too long ago maybe about two months ago roughly that um that there's sort of been a bit of a change there and and Sean Seymour himself was sort of uh, taking the lead on that um uh yeah and then so um yeah so it sounds like in recent kind of days uh it's become clear that yeah John is going to move on to another opportunity uh, which I guess you know he'll probably talk about in his own time, but uh, but yeah, I mean uh, yeah, John sort of has been in and out of the business a bit and has had uh, yeah, I think three since there. So yeah, no, no doubt had a uh, had a large role in Gen Three, but I guess yeah, we'll see what the way forward is. Uh, you picked up any particular things on this sort of su- subject, I imagine, Peter? I, I do find it interesting, like you said, a, c- a commercial executive uh, t- taking the lead of something technical. Uh, but having said that, uh, a good executive uh, should have uh, all-round skills for bringing people together, being the arbitrator of different opinions and trying to facilitate a process. So I don't think that that's necessarily uh, a major negative, uh, provided that he's got good technical people around him that can uh, uh, inform him if, he, if someone's trying to pull his leg on something. Uh, but yes, it, the, the whole process is uh, rather tangled, isn't it? So. Uh, yeah, the, let's see if they can uh, uh, push on and get something out. I, I, I do think it is important that the new season starts with shiny and new vehicles. Um, it's, we've already had the criticism uh, in the past that we're, we're racing things that uh, no one can buy. The Holden Commodore hasn't been on sale here for, for quite a long time now, uh, and it really dates the series. So I think that uh, having a fresh new cars on the grid 
the next year really will be important to take the series forward into the future. We'll just take a break in the proceedings to let you know how you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code InsideSC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code InsideSC. It's time to shave those balls. Now it's back to the show. Peter, I know that you some years ago put your money down on the counter and said, I'll have one of those Air Ford Mustangs. But uh, your coverage of motorsport, you do not just aim on the Blue Oval and their vehicles. Your feeling about the results they had over the weekend, I mean, three different cars, as in liveries, three different drivers, three different teams, won a race at Taylor Men. Now, we only have 30 of these races a year. Last year, it took uh, just the second race of the year, um, albeit Scotty McLaughlin, an IndyCar driver, was behind the wheel. Only the second race, and four of the first 11 races last year were won by Ford. This year, it took until the ninth race to win a, a, one of these uh, supercar races. Now, that's a dramatically different scenario to last year. What do you think the scenario is about? Well, you're right. For, for proud Mustang drivers, the year got off to a pretty rough start with such dominance by Shane Van Gisbergen in particular. Um, so it was good to see the, the Mustangs bounce back somewhat. Um, the one thing you missed there, Tony, is that uh, I, I ordered my Mustang very early in the piece, uh, and then when uh, Ford announced it was pulling out of supercars, I cancelled the order. Um, when they then announced that they were coming back and supporting the racing program a whole lot more, I had to place the order again, and I lost my spot in the queue and had to wait a whole lot longer. Um, but, uh, yeah, very happy that uh, I've had my Mustang five years and uh, have enjoyed uh, watching the racing. Uh, but when it comes to reporting and photographing the sport, I have to park the, that, that, that bias and, and try to be uh, a, a bit more impartial. Uh, the fascinating thing is, of course, that uh, Train did win the weekend. If we were to report on round winners, uh, he took the points and um, he extended his lead. So I, I don't think Ford fans can get too excited quite yet while Triple Eight remains very competitive and quite consistent. Uh, I think in the middle of the weekend, there, there were quite a few concerns from Triple Eight that, uh, that they were off the pace and, and they're scratching their heads. Uh, but uh, Shane really showed his quality and uh, you know, came through for, for the weekend overall. Uh, so, uh, yeah, very exciting to see Fords. Uh, very exciting to see different winners in each of those races. Uh, and really, the, the the person who I guess got the the, the best PR uh, was uh, Cam Waters winning the final uh, of the race heats. Um, and what's quite remarkable result there, but in race two, uh, he finished in pit lane with a, a wheel torn off it. Uh, so to bounce back and win that final race, I think was a real thumbs up to to his driving, but also to the team for their ability to turn that car around. And he took uh, quite uh, time to comment and, and compliment the uh, blokes who did put together that car without a blemish for uh, that third race on the, on the Sunday. One thing that uh, is probably worthwhile mentioning, Connor, um, and you've been around this sport long enough now to realise the uh, importance for a race team that uh, has throughout its existence built as much as they can of their race cars, that being Kelly Racing, Kelly Grove Racing as it is now. Um, they've won races in the Supercar Championship in in both the uh, Commodores, Nissans and now Ford. 
And uh, I, I have nothing but praise for the way in which that team has gone about it. Um, the remarkable thing is that in such a short space of time, to have produced a performance like they did on the sun- Saturday with the Andre, both in qualifying and the race, uh, it was just a standout. You would have seen uh, their work over some time and know that uh, how would how hard they do to uh, to achieve those results. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, the the thing that really kind of uh, I guess struck a chord for me was that um, there were tears in the in the garage, like you know, like uh, which kind of really shows um, how much it means to those people that have worked there um, and you know worked their backsides off and. Uh, and yeah, it's about well, just under three years um, since the last time, uh, well, as kept, as it was known then, Kelly Racing uh, took a win with Rick at uh, at Winton, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that meant a lot to them. We all know uh, there was, the, you know, quite well documented, uh, you know, workload they had through the back end of oh, over Christmas 2019 and into that new year to get the Ford program up off the ground and work on those uh, in-house built uh, engines and uh, yeah I mean it's it's a really cool story Stephen and Brenton Grove have also come into that team this year and uh, you know those guys uh, you know uh, they they've only t- helped take it to the next level so like yeah massively uh, yeah I'm pretty confident that everyone was uh, pretty happy for those guys to um, to get a really good result it still isn't uh, there's still more work to be done, I guess, and they know that as well as anyone to be, you know, before they can be a regular front runner and an actual, I guess, championship contender. But, uh, but yeah, awesome to see that step in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully both Andre and uh, Dave can, can continue to be really competitive. One of the things I find interesting, Connor, is the fact that we have three races. I'm not a fan of the three-race format, as people know, because... We had Anton Di Pasquale winning a race who gets virtually no coverage because you have Cam Waters winning the next one and, of course, Andre got his night in the sun on Saturday. As a journalist in newspapers and uh, on supercars.com, how does this format not lend itself to telling the whole story? Yeah, well, I mean, for sure, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate in a way because, uh, yeah, I know Anton does a column for us at Speed Cafe. Um, like, he made that point about, like, oh, you know, it was a bit of a shame, like, uh, that he couldn't really celebrate it properly because this also, even though he had won a race at Darwin last year, that was in the sort of mixed tyre kind of uh, era, I guess, that we went through. And um, he kind of made the point that this this one was probably his first genuine win. And, uh, like, you know, I'm sure still massively special, but yeah, you'd like to think that um, there'd be a bit more opportunity to celebrate, but you know, whereas like, you know, there's a matter of hours and then you've got to knuckle down and get ready for the next one. And unfortunately for Anton, he had that engine issue. So then that almost, you'd you'd kind of uh, would expect would have taken a little bit of the gloss off that because he, he was sitting in the garage for the bulk of the, uh, the last race, but uh, hopefully they still had the opportunity to, um, to celebrate, but yeah, it's, um, it is definitely an unfortunate uh, element of the three-race weekend. The reason why Scott McLaughlin is no longer here because he was a standout in the category. He should have won four championships in a row. He won three. So the thing that was so fascinating was, I mean, it was terrific to see DJR 
a little bit of a bounce back from uh, losing their lead driver last year. And, that, you know, it's not to take away from Fabian Coulthard, of course, who's now struggling in a, a team historically that is known not to invest as much as they should be. But um, the terrific thing is to see that DJ's had that one-two on Saturday, Sunday morning. But the fact that three, four teams, uh, it was took for them to actually get up to, to win the first race for Ford. Um, an extraordinary effort, uh, Peter, I imagine, that you'd be well aware of. Um, yes, it was quite fascinating how uh, in previous years there, there were very few Ford teams that, that the performance, uh, that the uh, other people were sort of making up numbers. Uh, so I think it's a real positive for the sport to see uh, multiple nice. teams with Fords that uh, that can have that that pace. Um, unfortunately, it splits the points around, doesn't it? Uh, it makes it harder mm. for them to uh, uh, to be so good in the championship. It's certainly good to see three four teams, as you say, Peter. Certainly uh, getting that winning pace again. But one of the interesting things, as you also point out, is that uh, it's certainly taking away the chance for anybody to close the gap to. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, because uh, he certainly has been dominant this year, more so than anyone has for quite some time. Connor, I, you would have attended the press conference on Sunday. Did you get to speak to him? Did he have many problems in uh, getting to that win on Sunday morning? Yeah, I spoke to him on Monday. Um, and, yeah, no, he um, – oh, look, I, I think it was one of those ones where it was just crucial – they, uh, that he got to the front, um, you know, which they did in qualifying with a great job. Uh, you know, they weren't really sure. There hadn't been a lot of dry track running because, of course, the Saturday was uh, all pretty wet. And so, like, uh, yeah, so they managed to do a really good job and, and nail the quality on Sunday morning. And he got pole for both Sunday races. And then, uh, yeah, the key thing for him was uh, there was a nice little battle between him and uh, Will Davison, actually, his teammate, on that first, uh, probably through about the first four or five corners off memory, that Anton managed to get to the front, and that was really, you know, crucial. And then um, at that track, it can be a little bit difficult to pass. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, so essentially, um, yeah, that really set up the race win. But then, um, in fairness, uh, you know, Trebwhite played a smart strategy card and had Shane uh, come come at them late in the race, the two DJR boys uh, on fresher tyres. But uh, I guess that's where probably a lot of credit has to go to Will Davison because he... And it's to keep Shane behind, you know. It, Shane <laughs> is uh, probably not the driver you want to see in your mirrors on fresher tyres that uh, will do a really good job and protected the one-two. And, yeah, uh, Anton, in the end, did, yeah, did, just did what he needed to do and managed the gap out the front and got a well-deserved victory. Thank you for joining us on Inside Supercars. That was Connor O'Brien from speedcafe.com and Peter Norton from Supercars Extra. We look forward to catching up with you in person at Winton at the end of this month. Uh, and thank you for your thoughts and views on the way in which uh, supercars uh, transpired at the tail and bend. Thanks for having me. And Tony, just before we go on this edition of Inside Supercars, just need to remind you, if you want 20% off free shipping on a lawnmower Mark III or any of the Manscaped products, go to manscaped.com and use the promo code inside sc till you next time thank you for joining us on inside supercars inside supercars is produced by thunder media tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your itunes or mobile device search inside supercars 
The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.